Today on episode number 569 of the School of Podcasting, I've got my discussion with Alex Exum. And for that, I will say sometimes you're the windshield and sometimes you're the bug. Stay tuned for that. And also, we've got a clip from Glenn the Geek Hebert. And we're going to talk today about, seriously, like, how do I grow my audience? And I'm going to give you my first impressions of Wooshka, which is a free media hosting company. Hit it, ladies! The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your very own personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, look, I'm going to bring my 20 plus years of helping people understand technology, 12 years of podcasting, and I'm going to help you massage your message, tackle that technology, face those fears, and flatten the learning curve, and get you on the road not to just podcasting, because look, you can go watch an old YouTube video from 2009 and go in the wrong direction. I want to get you going in the right direction, headache-free, in a way that puts you in a position as a, are you ready for it? Digital influencer. That's right. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER when you sign up, and that'll save you off your entrance fee. Well... I'm going to throw egg all over my face. It'll be fun. You ready? I always talk about having two recorders going when you're recording a conversation. And I've been mentioning how I was going to bring Alex Exum on the show. Now, if you're new to the show, a little back history, uh, probably better part of a month ago, I left a comment on another show called the Spreaker Live Show. And it really pushed Alex's buttons. He he kind of went off on me, called me a schmuck, a couple other things. And I went back and left another comment and then eventually said, you know what? Like, why did, you know, why is he pushing my buttons? He said I didn't have any listeners, a couple other things. And I was like, look, we, we we're kind of just going at each other. And so I was like, well, hold on a second. And so I actually reached out to Alex. Alex came on my show and uh, it started off sounding like this. Dave. There he is. How are Uh-oh. you? Can't hear me? Can you hear me? Hold on. <laughs> uh, mm. Two seconds. I don't know if you can hear me, Dave. Which, yeah. if you're new to podcasting, that's how every single Skype call starts off. And we had this phenomenal conversation, of course. And this is one of those rules I've said again. The better the conversation, the better the chance that A, uh, and what we just listened to was my portable recorder. So I come out of my mixer. I do that. Well, I troubleshot the portable recorder and hit stop on the recorder while I troubleshot what was going on. And I actually switched and got a different microphone and this and that. Meanwhile, letting the my backup, the MP3 Skype recorder, which is a free program. And apparently when I switched microphones, because uh, we were on the same call, it then couldn't figure out. So it got, I have like 40 minutes of nothing. Not only did it not record me, it didn't record Alex. So both of my recordings are, yeah. So now normally in this situation, I would do what I lovingly refer to as the call of shame. And you call up and you say, hey, Alex, guess what? And Alex being a podcaster would go, no problem, been there, done that. The problem was half the fun of this conversation was the fact that it was, it started off a little awkward at the beginning as we kind of got our groove on and it was us learning about each other. And I'm going to, I'm here to tell you, there's no way we could recreate that. We could cover the information again. So what I'm going to do, which is what I really wanted him to come on the show and do is I didn't want to tell you what he said. I wanted him to say it. So uh, basically uh, here's the thing I found out that, uh, oh, the other thing is I did press record on my portable recorder. Uh, what I didn't see when I pressed record is it telling me that my SD card was full. So my my A team was good to go, but that last little snippet that I recorded, and there was a little more to that as well, uh, was also taking up the, the very last of my SD card. And it's like 32 gigs. And just shame on me for not emptying that once in a while. That should just be something I do when I'm done with an episode and I'm uploading it to my media host uh, I should just go in and, you know, delete those files and store them wherever I'm going to store them and move on with a clean SD card for the rest of the week. So uh, here's what I found out is because I was basically looking at him and, and this goes to a, a habit. And this is from the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And this really works in not just podcasting, but in in everyday life. And that is, number one, understand before being understood. And so basically what I was doing is saying, like, how did I step on your toes? Not 
and you got to be careful here not to go, well, why did I, how did that hurt you? We're not questioning the, the fact, like, why did it hurt? We know that it pushed a button. The question is, what did I do? And it turns out that in my comment, there were a couple places where I used all caps, all caps to make a point that pushed a button. Oh, and I went back and looked at it and went, okay, I see that. The other thing that Alex mentioned is he's used to dealing with comments from YouTube. And he mentioned, and this is the part that I'm really sad isn't here, but he mentioned that commenters on YouTube and commenters on a podcast are kind of night and day. It's kind of like the difference between NFL people, which are somewhat aggressive versus soccer hooligans, which will kill you. Right. So, uh, yeah, so they're much crueler and they actually get things. It gets a little personal, I guess, at times they'll start, you know, saying things about your mom or whatever. It's nasty on the YouTube side. And then the um, he also mentioned that this was really one of the first times he'd been challenged on the podcast side. He gets challenged all the time on the YouTube side, but this was the first time. And so he kind of went into like YouTube mode. And so he did apologize for me for calling me a schmuck. And I told him, look, dude, it's, you know, you could have called me a whole lot worse. And uh, and I explained to him that when he made a joke about me not having any listeners because he looked at my stats on Spreaker, well, I don't use Spreaker. And uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, you know, we basically we we uh, we we put our swords back on our, our sleeves and uh, everything was cool. And here's the thing I want to point out. Had. I just said, oh, that guy's a jerk. What an idiot. Look at him, blah, blah, blah. And if he was saying, oh, who's that guy? I think he is the god of podcasting, blah, blah, blah. Number one, we already have one thing in common. We both podcast. So you already have something in common. So even if we completely disagreed on something, see if there's something you can kind of come together on. And we had a really cool conversation after I stopped the recorder, or in this case, I Stop, stop the recorder. And I remember when I did that, I saw my SD card was full and I was like, oh, cool. The uh, My backup Skype recorder was recording, but not realizing that because I changed my microphone mid-call, that messed things up. And we found out that this was right after Chris Cornell, the guy from Soundgarden, had died. And we were both big fans of his. And then the other thing is, Alex kind of does, at times, he'll, he'll kind of cover things that are somewhat, um, oh, what's the word? Um, conspiracy theorist kind of things. He talks about Martians and, and things like that on occasion. He talks about things that, again, kind of push people's buttons at times. And we both agreed that we're kind of both scratching our head on why World Trade Center number seven went down. So we did have some things in common, and I'm actually looking forward to meeting Alex at Podcast Movement. But if I hadn't taken a step back and go, I wonder if there's something I did. Not this person is so silly. It's what did I do? to create such a reaction, right? Instead of just condemning the other person, then I would have lost out on the opportunity to learn something, which in this case was be careful using all caps. Cause I know that that means kind of shouting, but you know, I wasn't shouting when I wrote it, but now that I look back, I'm like, well, duh, you put it in all caps and Alex, you know, wouldn't have been able to, to see his reaction. He actually did say in the conversation, he goes, you know, it was disproportional. He, he said, my, my reaction was disproportional to, the the button pushing that I did. So he was he was really cool about it. And so I I also think I I gained a new friend. He seems like a cool guy. And so instead of being so set on proving somebody wrong, instead maybe ask, why did you say that? So I'm 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 pulling from my years of marriage counseling here. If somebody says something to you and you're and you're just ready to just, you know, time it's jugular time, if you can, and this is so much easier said than done, go, why did you say that? Or ask, what were you feeling when you said that? Because you may find out that they're hurt or they're angry or they feel neglected or whatever it is. Easier said than done. But if you can get into why somebody's acting the way they are, not to condemn it, but to understand it and then say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you feel this way. And again, this is all from the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's an old book. It's been out 25 years. It's definitely worth a read. Stephen Covey has some really cool stuff. (laughs) 
And that sound can only mean one thing, and that is the one, the only, Glenn the Geek Hebert from HorseRadioNetwork.com. And one of the things that I do that Glenn does that a lot of you, Daniel J. Lewis, we all talk to a lot of podcasters, and Glenn's been doing some research and wanted to share his results. He's actually going to be doing this in parts. So this is part one, and we're kind of focusing on growing your audience. So I'm going to hand it over to Glenn. Hi, Dave and all my fellow podcasters. Glenn the Geek here. Consider this my tip of the week, and it involves crickets. I've seen so many posts on Facebook groups recently from podcasters who have been doing it for three months, six months, a year, and they are wanting to know why their numbers are not higher. Some said they want podcasting to be a business, and some said they're just doing it for fun. No matter what your motivation is, we all like people to listen and enjoy what we do and what we say. And as an experiment, I started PMing them and asking them what their marketing plan was. And, yep, this is what I got. Whether you're doing this podcasting thing for fun or you want to make money, if you want listeners, you have to have a plan to build your audience. We do this for all the shows that we start here at the Horse Radio Network. It's done for every business that's started across the world. If you want to eventually make money on your show, you have to treat it like a business. We know what the issue is. Now the tip part. I'm going to use a real-world example in a new show we just started on the Horse Radio Network. It is called the 2018 Radio Show, and it's about the 2018 World Equestrian Games. Now, the World Equestrian Games is like an Olympics in the horse world. We get a half a million spectators for this, so it's a big deal. In 2018, it will be in Tryon, North Carolina. So this show will be over after the event. It's a very short, limited-time show. We did it once before when the World Equestrian Games were in the United States. States in 2010. It was our second show we ever started on the Horse Radio Network. So we only have a limited time, 15 months to build an audience. I want to share with you our marketing plan for the 2018 radio show and see how you might be able to apply some of these ideas to your show to help build your audience. Some people think because we've been around a while at the Horse Radio Network, we don't have to worry about marketing anymore. That's not true. 25% of my week is spent on how to build listeners. We spend a lot of time on building listeners. There are too many components of the 2018 radio show's marketing plan to do in one sitting, so I'm just going to take the first item, and then in future weeks, I will record more of the items and go into detail on what we're doing with them to make this hopefully as informative as I can for you to apply to your show. All right, so the first and most important thing on our marketing plan, and you've heard me say it before on Dave's show, is media partners. Now, we're covering eight different disciplines for the World Equestrian Games, so what we decided to do was find eight different media partners. Every discipline in the horse world has magazines, newspapers, blogs, and websites that are devoted to it. We are lining up one source to be our official media partner for that discipline. What does that do? What are the benefits of it? Well, let's talk about that and what's involved. On our side, we allow them to join us as the official media partner and the only media partner to do a five-minute news segment and update on their discipline every few months on the show and more often as we get closer to the event. We promote them as our official media partner on the show with banners on the website, and we allow them to plug their blog or magazine or whatever it is at the end of every segment they do with us. And we do that for free. There's no money changing hands at all. During the 14 days of the World Western Games, they will join us during our daily wrap-up show to report on all the action of their discipline. What are their responsibilities? They're going to provide a reporter and reports for the show to do those, those segments every couple of months and then more often. We're going to do a joint press release on the relationship. And as part of the deal, they are required to feature us on their homepage. And as Dave would say, wait for it, to promote the show on their social media channels every time they are on. Think about it. They already have a devoted audience that subscribe to them. Some pay money to describe to them if it's a magazine. They have credibility with their fans. Now, they are saying to their fans, we are part of this cool show. Go listen. Media partners are not hard to get. They are always looking for marketing, too. They're always looking for new ways to market. You just have to ask. I usually track down through their website or through LinkedIn, their editor, assistant editor, and marketing person. Those three people are the keys. And I write them an email explaining the deal, and I follow up with a phone call if I don't hear anything. Really? 
It is that easy. You will get a yes or a no, and you will move on to the next one. Find every media outlet in your space and get them involved in your show somehow. It has been the single greatest reason for our success, and we work on building new partnerships and relationships every single week. And it doesn't cost you a dime, just time. Building an audience is hard. Get the help from the people who already have the audience. Go to those sources. Make a list of those that are in your niche and start reaching out. The relationships that you're going to build, by the way, will go far beyond what you ever planned, and they won't be exactly like you planned, and things will happen that you never expected. They're going to ask you, well, can you, do a, uh, can you do a podcast for our magazine? Can you be involved more on our side? The things that are going to come out of this will be the things that help your success down the line in your podcast, whether you're doing it for fun or whether you're doing it as a business. We all want listeners. Building an audience is hard. Get the help from the people that already have the audience. Remember that. Next time, I will share the second item on our list for marketing the 2018 radio show. Hope this has been helpful. There he goes, Glenn and Scooter. Find him at horseradionetwork.com. And remember, it's the editor, the assistant editor, and the marketing person. In case you missed it, it's time for a podcast rewind. Round number 94 of the Podcasters Roundtable kind of ties in with what we're talking about today, which is how do you find your audience? And uh, Hilda was joined myself, Daniel J. Lewis, from the Audacity to Podcast, and Ray Ortega from the Podcaster Studio, and listened to just a little bit of Hilda's story ties in with what Glenn was talking about. Did you just produce the podcast, put it out there, and hope people would show up? Or are you working with, you know, who you're working with? Did they have, were they reaching out for you? Yeah, well, the thing is, it all kind of fell into place in a really good way because I knew that they already had 11,000 members in this nutrition group. It's called the Weston A. Price Foundation. So I knew we'd have somebody listening, right? They already have conferences every year. They were established in the 90s. They're an ancestral health group. So I was like, okay, they've got a following. Maybe people would actually like to hear some of their stuff they want to promote instead of just reading it because they put out a quarterly journal. It was basically a snoozeville kind of journal, like really heady, really intellectual science behind every little nutrition tidbit about why you should eat organ meats or whatever, right? And I was just like, this is really too much for me and I'm into it. There you go. She saw content. She's like, look, I even like this content and I'm falling asleep reading your newsletter. Let's put it out as a podcast and pump it up a little bit. Very cool. Check that out. Podcastersroundtable.com. One other clip I want to play here. It does make me throw up in my mouth just a little bit when I hear somebody really, really, really focus on if I can just get new and noteworthy. And I keep saying there's really, it doesn't do much for you. And this is from my buddy, Colin Gray, over at uh, the podcast host. The podcast is called Podcraft. And uh, here's what they were doing when they were talking about new and noteworthy. We've had quite a lot of shows in you noteworthy mm-hmm. over the years. Yeah. And really, I don't know about you, but I, I, I've seen very little um, yeah. growth in numbers when, yeah. when we've been in there. Yeah, totally. That is like the coolest accent. I've seen very little. That was awesome. Uh, check it out again. The show is called Podcraft. Colin Gray, very, I should say Dr. Colin Gray, very cool guy uh, on the other side of the pond teaching people how to podcast. So again... For more information, if you're if you've been drinking the Kool Aid, that all I have to do is get into new and noteworthy. Go to newandnoteworthy.info. Maybe it's because we are kind of a microwave society that we just want success in two minutes or less. I was reading a post from Devlin Wilder on a Facebook group. And he said, please, for the love of all that's good and pure, someone please help me with real info on how I get numbers. I don't want to hear I need to have my show out for years or I need to get 200 episodes or whatnot. I've had no luck with Fiverr. Don't know what that means. And I need to know the real deal. Now, when I see somebody say this, this is kind of like saying, look, I want to make a baby. I want a baby. I want a baby right now. I don't want to hear anything about ovaries or sperm. I don't want to hear anything about having to wait nine months, but I need a baby right now. There just aren't any shortcuts. There just aren't. My favorite, I think I've told you the story before, Mark Gunger is like this major author guy, runs a mega, mega church, has a syndicated radio show, 
about marriage counseling. He's Mark Gungry. He's, he's phenomenal. And I happened to get him on the phone once. And the first thing out of his mouth was, how do I grow my podcast? And I was like, are you kidding me? You've got a giant platform. Tell somebody about it. And so we all want a bigger audience. But in her book, and I quote this book a lot, Beyond Powerful Radio, Valerie Geller, she's the one that's that has the quote, there is no such thing as too long, only too boring. But she has a spot in there. She goes, in my experience, now Valerie is a radio consultant. She's been doing this for years. She goes, in my experience, with a few exceptions, it takes about three years to build a talk station. Now, she's talking radio. Maybe there is a little difference here, but it is going to take some time. And she points out that the original Star Trek, did you hear that? Like about half the audience just went, did he say Star Trek? Star Trek? Star Trek? Uh that show was canceled, the original one, with Captain Kirk and uh, Bones and that whole team. That was canceled after the first three seasons, and it was reruns where the audience found that show. I was tortured every Saturday night. My father and my sister would make me watch Star Trek followed by Hee Haw. And to this day, I'm not a huge Star Trek fan because I was forced to watch it. I know, I'm sorry, I've just offended half my audience, but... Oof, if I have to see the Tribbles one once again, I'm done. Another one, Jerry Seinfeld has a framed memo stating that his show, you know, Seinfeld, it's rerun about 4,000 times a day now. His show has a poor supporting cast, and most people who saw the test pilot would not watch it again. Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, that guy, the the crush it guy and, and wine library and all that stuff. He said nobody was watching his wine library show for the first 19 months. There's a uh, uh, Rand Fishkin. He talks about his wife, Geraldine. Now, Geraldine does a travel blog. So this is, again, it's a blog, not a podcast, but it's the same theory. And her blog is called Everywhereist. And for two years, she never broke 100 visitors a day. Now, five years later, she has 100,000 visitors a month. It's a really cool, if you, I'll put a link out in the show notes to that, but it just shows if you just keep at it, the easiest way to kill your audience is to quit. And I think some of us, we try something for a month, we don't get a thousand downloads and we go, oh, I need to pivot. And then we change the name and we change the marketing and then we go another, I don't know, three weeks and that's not working. We change it again. You know, it takes a little while for a tomato to grow. There's just nothing you can do about that. For me, in my opinion, I think success comes from feedback. And the ability, again, to look at yourself and go, how can I improve this? This is why I always wonder, you'll hear people that will start a podcast and they will literally record 52 episodes and launch them, schedule them out for a year. And I'm thinking, what if on episode number six, you find out that your audience hates something? You've just got 46 other episodes of something that your audience hates. Now, growing up, I had a basketball hoop in my backyard and every time I shot a basket, and it bounced off the rim and came back to me, that was feedback. And based on that, I knew I needed to shoot a little higher, maybe a little harder, whatever the deal was. And back in the day, I used to watch Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He played for the Los Angeles Lakers. And the guy was like, I don't know, 10 feet, six, something, I don't know. He was huge. And he had this sky hook. And it was just literally unblockable because his hand was he, his body was between you and the ball and he would just do this thing and in kind of a curved motion and shoot it over his head and it just went in you just couldn't block it the guy was unstoppable i recently watched a, a documentary on him on hbo it was amazing i forgot how good that guy was and so out in the backyard i would practice my skyhook over and over and over to the point where eventually i could shoot it with my eyes shut that did not happen overnight it took a lot of time, it took a lot of practice, and it took a lot of me chasing the ball into the yard because it bounced off whatever. It just takes time sometimes. And now I'm going to say something controversial. I know, probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. You ready? If you want to quit your job in six weeks, do not start a podcast. I would just not recommend not even starting it. This is like somebody, so you're like, you know what? I hate my job. I'm going to start a podcast, and by six weeks, I'm going to replace my income. Don't even start. Just don't know. This is like someone, 
wanting to lose 40 pounds in six weeks. You find out that your high school reunion is coming up and you're like, oh man. And you do like, I got to lose 40 pounds in six weeks. And you kind of start to think that's doable. You're like, okay, if I do the math, it's six, carry the one. Okay. Yeah. Well, you soon learn that six weeks is really not that long and 40 pounds is a lot more than you thought it was. And so if your job is, I'm going to quit my job because I hate it. I'm going to escape the nine to five. I'm going to break out of this cubicle and I'm going to crush it. And I'm going to be in, in, in no, it ain't going to happen in six weeks. Now, there are always exceptions to the rule, but I'm just here to say, you know, I guess that's what we're talking about today is realistic expectations. And here's the things. There are so many factors to play into this. So if you go, well, Dave, how long does it take you to grow your audience? The answer is there is no answer. There are so many factors that it's almost like golf or bowling. There are so many things that affect your swing and the way you roll the ball and things like that. There's so many factors into this. Are you working full time? What market are you in? How crowded is it? If you're doing an interview show where you interview small business people, better known as entrepreneurs, that's a pretty crowded field right now. Does that mean you shouldn't start a podcast there? No, but just know what you're getting into. You know, how unique are you? What's your website look like? When uh, Devlin, I went over and looked at his website and I was like, wow, your website's a mess. You know, it was, it just, it just was, it wasn't easy. It was easy to play a show, but there was no, he had like no show notes. So Google's not going to find it. Uh, there was no buttons to share it. There's just a bunch of things. And, and this person was saying in the Facebook group that my podcast is so great because I have really big names. And so, you know, there is no answer to how long does it take? It takes as long, you know, we just heard Glenn the Geek. He spends 25% of his time trying to find listeners. I wish I could do that. I spend a lot of my time gathering information, creating the show. But once it's up, I got a couple of tweets and I'm out. And the rest of the time, I'm just in Facebook groups answering questions and on Quora and a couple other places and going to events. We'll talk about that here in a second. Keep in mind that one of Glenn's favorite sayings is it's not who you know, it's who knows you. And this is the thing that takes a little bit of time, but it does pay off. And so for me, podcast movement is coming up in August. Use the coupon code SOP10 to get 10% off. DC Podfest is coming up in November. Uh, I'm going to be at podcast movement. I plan on being at DC Podfest. Do these cost a lot of money? Look, just the travel alone can be expensive. And this is all based on your budget. That's why this is another one where there is no one size fits all. The key is what is your budget? And if you don't have a budget, look, don't be stupid. Don't go. You know, don't. You know, I'm, okay, I'll sell grandma to the gypsies so I can go to podcast movement. That's not a good move. And grandma is going to be upset. What I'm doing right now is I'm saving money for social media marketing world. I've never been to that. It's really expensive. And everybody I know that goes says it's worth it, but I've never had the money for it. So I'm putting money away. So it will, you guessed it, be in my budget. But if you have a family, if you got a spouse and kids, look, I'm not saying, you know, sell the car and go to, no, go to whatever. But here's the thing, because I have some people say, maybe it's not worth going to an event. And it's not if it means taking money out of your children's mouths. That's silly. But I have a podcast group uh, for people in Northeast Ohio. If you go to anyohiopodcasters.com. I rarely get more than five people in attendance at our meetings, but one of those is Matt from the author inside you.com. And he helped me get on a local TV show. So these are things I've done at events. I met Gary Leland, Paul Culliken and Rob Walsh at one of the really early's in Ontario, California. I call it the new media expo back then. It was probably the portable media new. They changed the name about every six weeks on that thing. But Rob was the person I called. So I met him like 10 years, 12 years ago. And Rob was the one I called when I was looking for a job in the podcasting industry. And I now work for Libsyn, partly due to a relationship that I started 12 years ago. I met Ken Blanchard at an event. I believe that was another uh, New Media Expo. I haven't stopped laughing since. Uh, I met Jared Easley and Dan Franks at the New Media Show. Uh, by the way, the New Media Show is now defunct. Uh, later, 
those two guys, along with Gary and Mitch, started podcast movement. And I'm very blessed to say I've spoken at every single one in one capacity or another. I met Eric K. Johnson. I kind of met him online, but we firmed things up and he's now the co-host of the podcast review show. And if you want an honest, in-depth, like super in-depth look at your podcast, Holy cow, go over to podcastreviewshow.com. It's like getting the price of two podcast consultants for chump change. Uh, wow. Plus exposure, podcastreviewshow.com. Uh, I met Mike Russell from Music Radio Creative. I wouldn't have known about Music Radio Creative, and I recommend them because I knew Mike. And I, how did I get to know him? I went to an event. Here's a good one. Glenn the Geek was just on the show. I met him at uh, Podcast Movement. Glenn got me involved with a guy named Chris Kermitsos, who produces PodFest in Florida in February. That led to me, so I got to meet Chris and Katie, and and that whole, there's a lot of really cool people in Florida, and that led to me helping with the Messengers podcast uh, about their documentary, The Messengers, check it out, themessengersdoc.com. That then led to me uh, being a closing keynote at PodFest this year. That was one person, one contact. So again, it's it's not, you know, who you know, it's who knows you. And so from just one, you know, thing of Glenn the Geek, that led to more and more things. And that's, you know, and then um, by knowing Jared Easley, I got introduced to Danny Pena. It just, I mean, it goes, it goes on and on and on. I met last year at uh, DC PodFest, I met Matthew from Pod to Pod. He's a really cool guy. Now, many of those, but not all of them, I paid for the travel at least. Many of those, because I was speaking, I didn't have to pay for the ticket. So let's be brutally honest there. I'm not paying the whole thing. But when I wasn't speaking, I still went to the New Media Expo in New York City. Cha-ching! That was a a big chunk of change. But I still went. And when I was a musician, I once drove. Now, this I look back at this and go, how stupid was this? But then again, I was probably 20 at the time. When I was a musician... I once drove four hours because I thought Cincinnati was only two hours away in Ohio. I later found out, no, no, Columbus is two hours away. Cincinnati is four. But I got off work around eight. I drove to Cincinnati. So I get there about midnight to hang out. They had this whole big thing for independent musicians. So I hung out there for about three hours and then turn around and drove home. (laughs) I couldn't do that if you had a gun to my head right now. Why? Because I wanted to get with my community. And one of the relationships that I started at that meeting in Cincinnati, Ohio, was a guy who then went to another event and learned about a thing called podcasting and told me about it. So had I not had a relationship with Dylan Benjamin, who knows when I would have found out about podcasting. Might have been years later from 2005. So for me, if you can get to an event, it, it, it's it's done now. Are those things allowing me to quit my day job? No. And that's where you got to go back to, well, but on the other hand, is it getting me into opportunities? Yes. So again, don't sell grandma to the gypsies. And the other thing is, it's nice to go to an event where... Again, everybody has something in common. We're all behind a microphone trying to inspire our listeners in one way or another, trying to make them laugh, cry, think, groan, whatever. And it's nice not to have to explain what the heck a podcast is to somebody. Although we do find brand new people at those, and I'm happy to explain that to them. So again, just to wrap this up, how do you grow your audience? How long does it take? It's there are so many factors we can't come up with a date. I can't look at you and say it's going to take two point four six seven nine years. It depends on your content, depends on so many things. But in the end, you grow your audience one person at a time. And for me, one of the things I've done that I feel has been beneficial is going to events. Asterisks if it's in your budget. I'm Bernie the cat. I'm Bernie the cat. Alrighty, yes, that is the new theme song to a new show that's joining the Power of Podcasting Network, and that is, of course, Bernie the Cat. Now, why did I give my cat 
a podcast. Well, I'm trying a new media host. Now, for all those that are new to the show, I just mentioned I work for Libsyn. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. It's a podcast media host. You can get a free month there by using the coupon code SOP free. And for all of you of you that have done that, thank you. I actually just got my latest affiliate check and it was uh, not too shabby. So I deeply, deeply, deeply appreciate that. But I'm taking off my Lipson hat. I now have my Dave from School of Podcasting hat on. And somebody asked me about Wooshka, which sounds like some sort of Russian word for, I don't know, holy cow. Like, oh, Wooshka. So I have some criteria. This goes back to my days of being a teacher. When you have to go, here's here's how you get an A, here's how you get a B. So here's my criteria. Don't mess with my file. What I upload is what I want people to download. Give the, me the ability to have unlimited back catalog, so unlimited storage. Do not limit my audience size, so don't say, look, after so much bandwidth, we shut down your show. That's not going to work. Don't control my feed and make it easy to leave if I choose to do so. I need to be able to put in what's called an iTunes redirect. And number five, give me support. Number six, charge me for your service. So here's a novel idea. You can stay in business. And number two, give me stats so I can see what's working. And it would be nice if they were accurate. So Wooshka is doing something that, if you're new to the podcasting space, sounds new, but it's been tried by audiometric.io and before them, Padango, which again, sounds like something uh, maybe in Russian that you might scream if you wanted to say, holy cow, like, oh, Padango. Uh, this is where you give free hosting. Like, come come on over and get free hosting, and then we're going to pay you. They actually see on their website, we're going to pay you. And I'll talk about that as we go forward. Did Hushka meet my criteria? Well, they don't, but there is an asterisk. Because number one, they messed with my file. And number six, they don't charge me for the service. And the reason they messed with my file is they have to put some code in the MP3 to trigger when to play the advertisement. So, you know, if they can't charge for advertising, then they can't change, then they can't change the MP3. You know what I mean? It's like they, they kind of half that. So again, they mess with your file. Also, what this means is they put this code in the MP3 file that says Triton, by the way. So I'm assuming that's where they're getting their advertising from. Triton's a big player in the, the advertising space. They do keep most of your ID3 tags, but they ditch your image. So again, I hate ID3 tags because not everybody uses them. Not every app uses them. But if someone downloads your show to your computer, let's say on a Windows machine, they play it, they're going to get the dreaded gray music note of death, which just makes you look like a hack. So that kind of bugs me a little bit. They also change your file name. Again, not a huge deal, but I don't understand why other companies can do this and you can't but they don't change your file format. And again, by nature, they have to change your file to stay in business because they have to inject this thing to play ads. So I get that. Their support, I will say, was very quick and helpful. Their stats are very similar to what everyone else provides. You know, the number of downloads, the geographic, so you can see where people are coming from, what operating system, what technology, what kind of apps people are using. And there's a new stat that keeps popping up. I know Omni Studio. I know Awesound. And they'll say they offer how long someone has listened. And unless they've cracked some sort of new code, in the same way that tracking subscribers is kind of a wasted stat because there's no way to get an actual accurate version of how many people are subscribed to your show, the, uh, hey, I'm going to show you how long people have listened is kind of a wasted stat. The only way you can get that information is by controlling 100% of the playback. And the last I've heard, over 80% of podcasts are listened on a mobile device. So I'm going to date myself, man, probably back in the 70s, there was the, um, I think it was the Chrysler Cordoba and Ricardo Montalban, which was the dude from... Um, Fantasy Island. We'll talk about how it has Corinthian leather. Sounds good, right? Google Corinthian leather. There is no such thing. It was something that was made up that in the end, uh, 
you know, it just didn't work. So this whole thing about, hey, we can tell you how long people are listening. They don't put the asterisks as long as they listen on your website and as long as you're using our player. So keep that in mind when you hear Omni Studio and Awesound and now Hushka talk about this. Now, they do have a cool feature, kind of. They have a built-in, and I'm just going to call it the Clamor feature. Now, if you're new, Clamor is C-L-A-M-M-R.com. And this is a cool tool that's free where you can upload, I believe it's now up to 24 seconds, and put that on your social media. It's, it's really meant for your audience to share parts of your show. And so in Hushka, they call them highlights. And they actually have a pretty cool tool where you can go over after you've uploaded your file and you kind of just drag, here's where I want the clip to start, here's where I want it to stop. And this can be any length. It doesn't, it's not limited to 24 seconds. And so you can make these little snippets, again, called highlights. And what's interesting with these is you, again, can click and say, share this on Twitter. It puts a little player right there on Twitter. And you can go in and see how many people saw your highlight. Now, you can do that in Clamor as well. You can see how many people did that. The thing that I think both of these somewhat, I guess there's no way to do this, but when you click on the link for the highlight in Twitter, it takes you to the highlight. I think it would work better because Clamor does the same thing. It takes you to the Clamor where you can say, listen to the rest of the episode. And in Wooshka, they do the same thing. They take you over to the highlight and then you have to kind of find out it's in the upper left-hand corner where it says, go back to the full episode. I think they need to make that go back to the full episode someplace easier to find, but they have a whole bunch of stuff on their website. When you go to an episode on Wooshka's website, like for example, they have a thing that says sign up for our newsletter. And if you're sending buddy, somebody to your episode and it says sign up for our newsletter, for me, I was like, oh, is this somehow going to tie into my MailChimp or constant contact or something like, no, no, it's Wooshka's email list. So that I was kind of like, oh, okay. Which again, they're trying to grow their list too, to tell people to sign up for Wooshka. But uh, I was kind of like, that's a little confusing a little bit. Now they do say you're going to get paid, sign up and get paid. And uh, again, when I looked at my MP3 file, after I uploaded it, it has the word Triton in it. And from what I've seen so far, and I believe Triton is the company that's also feeding Spreaker. And now, again, I'm not using Spreaker as my primary media host. But like last month, I made 12 cents. And I'm getting somewhere between one and two cents per download. So if I took my weekly web tool show, which gets about 300 downloads an episode, that's uh, 300 times four, because four in a month, that would be 1,200 downloads. I would get basically 12 bucks at one cents a download. And I know you might be thinking, well, that might almost pay for my hosting. Your show, in my opinion, that's all this is, is worth more than one or two cents per download. But that's just me. I just, to me, if you have a niche audience, you're way worth than that. And I, I hate to see people gonna go for the bottom feeding. They're like, well, it's better than a poke in the eye. But nonetheless, that's that's just my opinion again. You might be saying, Dave, I'll take that 12 bucks. But that's lucky enough if you have advertisers. When I inquired about, like, what is your CPA? Now, CPA stands for cost per, per acquisition. And I think what I meant was CPM. And they said, we don't have any information on that for ads. We generally only work, this is from an email I had with them. We generally only work with our larger podcasters or media companies for ad injection. So they're only working with the larger people. Now, the last time I checked, only 10% of people, according to Rob Walsh from Libsyn, get, you know, 10,000 downloads or more per episode. And when I wanted to know how many downloads you needed to get to have a sponsor, they said, generally, you guessed it, about 10,000 per month. So that could be, again, depending on how many episodes you have per month, if you do, you know, 10,000 episodes in a month, you only need uh, one download. I know that makes no sense, but you get the point. Um, they say some of our current partners uh, for monetizing includes News Corp, Fox Sports, Sky News, Bauer, and a, fl- a few large Australian sporting organizations. So I tend to think that they're from uh, Australia. So I was kind of happy to see that they did have 
some advertisers because so many places are firing up these places. Come list your show and you can get an advertiser. The problem is there's no advertisers. So I was kind of glad to see they actually had somebody because otherwise, start the clock, these guys are going out of business sometime soon. And so when I pointed out to them that, hey, you know, you might want to Google Padango, you might want to Google Audiometric, they said, we support the podcast ecosystem with free hosting while making ad revenue from the top 5%. At the end of the day, the cost of hosting a podcast with small downloads is negligible, which makes sense if you're only getting 20 downloads an episode. That's not a huge bandwidth bill. They say, we hope that some of the smaller podcasters turn out to be the next Ira Glass or Alex Bloomberg. So that's what they're banking on. And in terms of getting paid, if you want to add ads to your podcast, it's super easy to do. You basically click on a player, and wherever you want to put advertising in, you just click this button that says insert ad something, whatever the little button says. And that means that when somebody's playing, it will switch over, grab the ad, play the ad, and then return back to your MP3 and pick up right where you left up from. What was interesting is when I did that, the default was three advertisers. Like if I say, put an ad right here, bam, there'd be three ads. And I'm like, okay. And there's not much on the website to explain who the ads are. I'm assuming it's Blue Apron, Geico, Casper Mattress, who knows, uh, probably uh, Home Depot, things like that. Uh, I believe you're going to be contacted when you reach a certain milestone for advertisers as there's nothing in their dashboard, at least that I can find, and nothing in their help section about getting paid. So I didn't see anything like click here to put in your PayPal address or click here to put in your direct deposit. I just didn't see anything in their their dashboard. I didn't see anything in their help section. Their help section was pretty good for getting up and going. So it's um, I, I've reviewed two different free hosting accounts. Uh, one was Pinecast, and now I've played with Hushka. And uh, call me weird, but building a podcast on a host that doesn't charge, again, this is just my opinion, is risky business. But again, that is based on my history. I watched Padango go out of business about a week before Christmas and say, hey, guess what? Get your stuff off our stuff or you're losing it. And then Audiometric didn't really... They stopped offering their service because they got purchased by a big, uh, I forget which network bought them. But nonetheless, you went out of business. Now, they did not shut down. If you were on Audiometric, you still can use them. But nonetheless, they went away. Uh, but if you're the person and you have zero budget, because the one thing I did check, they do redirects. So if later you start off and you go, ooh, their player's a little bland. I'd rather be using this or that, or or for whatever reason you want to leave, you can go in without contacting support, which is nice. Kudos to them. Thumbs up and put in the redirect and redirect it to another host. Um, so with that, I would recommend Wooshka over another free service, Pinecast, if you're looking for a free service with all the trimmings. So what I mean by that is Pinecast.com if you're going completely free is uh, they limit how many episodes you can have in your feed. They limit some of the stats They because they're motivating you to use their paid service. That makes sense. And so if somebody asked me, so right now I'd say, hey, if you want the most features for free, go check out Wooshka. Now, if you want to see who's around in five years, and again, this is just my opinion, I would probably put Pinecast because Wooshka, they're hoping that people with 10,000 downloads per episode take their advertising and or don't leave for another host. So mm, that's where I was like, hmm, because if somebody gets really, really popular, what do they need you for at that point? They've done the hard work. So I do notice in their terms of service, it says if you're a commercial user slash channel partner, this may be altered by any specific agreements we hold with you. So maybe when you start taking on advertising, maybe, and again, I have no idea, there's going to be more to this than what meets on the website. So I don't know if you have to sign an agreement to be on the system for so long or not. I have no idea. Again, they had very little on their website for as much as they have on the front page, you get paid. There's very little in the help and the other areas about actually how you get paid and how that works and things like that. But it was, uh, it's interesting, not bad. And, um, you know, Bernie, the cat is now on, uh, now has a podcast and, uh, I'll be, uh, 
telling you that that's my back end to uh, Wooshka. Uh, just so you know, I'm going to be relaunching. I'm not a big fan of podcasting for free, and I've already explained why, so I won't go back over that. But uh, I am going to be relaunching that course. So if you're a person with zero budget, because Bernie the Cat is on a free media host using a free WordPress site, the album art was made by Adobe Spark, which was free. The only thing I paid for was $6 was for the theme music. And yes, that's me singing Bernie the Cat. So um, that that podcast so far has cost me 6 bucks, And of course, you know, $60 for a microphone. So... You can do podcasting on the cheap if you just want to dip your toe in it. Obviously, I'm biased. I like Libsyn, and the reason I like them is not because I work for them, but because I've been a customer for 12 years, and I think their support is awesome. Now, I am biased there because, well, I'm on that team. So for more information about this and links, you can go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 569. And let me remind you that the question of the month, which will be answered in just a few weeks is we do this every week. We, uh, every month, I should say we answer, we, we base an episode on your answers. So I need this in by Feb, uh, by February. Where am I at? June 23rd, because this will be out on June 26th. And the question is how many strikes do you give a podcast before you unsubscribe? Or if you don't subscribe, how many listens do you give them before you unsubscribe? I'm just trying to get to the bottom of, how fickle are we when it comes to unsubscribing? Do we really think about it or are we just throwing people away? I know I was just listening to uh, uh, Jessica Rhodes over at Interview Connections and she was saying she just went through and cleaned house and then the shows that she missed, those are the people she's resubscribing to. So that was something that's uh, a different way of doing it. So I'm looking to see what does it take for you to unsubscribe from a show. If you go over to schoolpodcasting.com slash contact, and uh, there are multiple ways you can do that. I would prefer you just record something and you know upload it, email it to Dave at schoolofpodcasting.com, put in the subject line 572, and if you go, Dave, I don't have a podcast yet, then uh, you can just call it in 888-563-3228, or if you go again to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact, there's a speak pipe button there that'll allow you, if you have an app, you can just leave a voice memo with your phone. So thanks so much for tuning in. And if you want help launching a podcast, I would love to help you. We have step-by-step tutorials. And by that, I mean, there are tutorials on how to pick a name, on how to pick a host. If you want a co-host or a multiple host, a web host, which media host do you want to use? What microphone, what gear do you need? Everything through that process. And of course, I'm going to be bringing my 12 years of experience to help you along the way to make sure that you don't stub your toe and go, see, I told you, I shouldn't have done that. I'm going to help you with that. We have live group coaching twice a month. You have a private Facebook group and priority email support. And last but not least, if you're worried about it, you have a 30-day money-back guarantee. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER. That coupon code, again, LISTENER, is nowhere on the website. I'm only giving that to you because you're listening to it. So I hope to see you on the inside. Until next week, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless. If you want to quit your job in six weeks, I'm going to start a podcast and quit my job in six weeks. See, it's making me choke. Just think about it. I'm getting verklempt. Six weeks. This is like someone wanting you to lose 40 pounds in six weeks. And then you start to do the math. You're like, oh, okay, six weeks, six weeks, okay. Well, the problem is you soon lose. Ah.